4: Now this one hurts, yo. This one hurts. Now, firing. The Bodega Boys comedy duo, Deezus and Meryl, have officially gone their separate ways, <sighs> Man, come on, dude. For real? and their late-night talk show on Showtime, Deezus and Meryl, will not be returning for a fifth season. Boo. It's final episode already aired. Boo. I hate I hate it for those brothers because you know they've always had a lot of chemistry and they started their thing from scratch. Yeah, total scratch from scratch podcasting, man. So you know it's a lot of folks over there at Showtime. They're on the staff that are now looking for work, and I and I really do hate that. And that had to be real. Whatever they're going through had to be real tense because the network didn't cancel this. No, they
2: it canceled it themselves.
4: It was like, hey, we don't fuck with each other no more. Wow. Kill it. Mm.
2: As long as Red Man and Method Man don't break up, I'm cool, man. Everything else is, is all right. That's what I'm at. All right. I just need Red Man and Method Man to stay together. That's it, right. I think Red and Method <laughs> will never
3: break up because they never made, like, an official thing.
4: Coupling. Yeah. And they're
3: just two friends. they just, like, they're, like, two friends who like to hang out, and every couple years, they'll just go in the studio together and put an album out.
4: May that never yeah. change.
3: But they never made it official. <laughs>
4: Every duo eventually comes to an end. It's inevitable in terms of growth. Which, uh, I mean, you look at huh. They went their separate ways. Uh, you look at Siegfried and Roy. What? Mm. The tiger broke them up. I ain't <laughs> I'm not gonna put that on creative differences. That's a bad example. Bad, okay. Bad example. No, <laughs> My name is Roy, this is my job fam. We're talking television this week. You know, this is my favorite medium because you can tell stories at length. Movies have too many rules. You know, TV, they can stretch the dope. some shows go three, four seasons too many. I'm talking about you, (laughs) Walking Dead. Still a big fan. Still a big fan, but you know, let's wrap it up. Wrap it up. (laughs) Somebody got to win at this point, goddammit. It's been 12 seasons. We can't just keep running from these zombies and having forest babies.
3: Like started another show in the
2: middle of it. Like,
3: y'all ain't gonna end this first. God, damn. Right, look, it
4: started three other shows in the middle, bro. Like every
2: time you thought one was done, they just threw in another dog a tree branch. It was like, oh hey, guess what? Zombies at the beach. Let go. Like
4: what the hell? I'm still invested though, because I'm a fan of the graphic novels and the source material is way darker and way better than the show. Because it's really? a it's a it's a cable show. So they, they can't really get into the shit the way that the novels oh. do, but It's still, it's still a good show and it's a fun watch. What's your, what do you watch, JG? What's your flavor? Home improvement, food
0: shows, (laughs) reality? I, I enjoy food shows, but right now I'm actually watching, oh, what is that show called? It's about this FBI agent and he has a confidant who he used to chase. I can't remember the name of the show.
3: Red Shoe Diaries. Oh, Blacklist. She said red
2: Shoe Diaries.
0: No, it's blacklist. Like blacklist. <laughs> The character's name is Neil Neil Cafferty. Oh,
3: uh, you're watching White Collar.
0: Yes, that's it.
4: That ended ten years ago. You just now watching.
0: <laughs> I just got it.
4: Respectfully,
0: <laughs> okay. okay. Sorry,
4: <laughs> sorry to lash. I think it's because you like Matt Bomer. I think you like him in that suit, that white boy, them blue eyes, that whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. There it is. I do like yeah. the hat now. I like the hat. Yeah, the hat.
0: I like it.
4: Rod, what's your show? What have you What have you been watching lately? I've been watching these World Games, which I don't want to call it bootleg Olympics, but it was a small. <laughs> it's a. It is a smaller version. It's a national athletic competition, featuring athletes from around the globe. And they all swarmed (laughs) on the Birmingham uh, for the last couple weeks.
2: Man, if you didn't clean that up, Jesus.
4: Look, I ain't going to disrespect the city. (laughs) What I'm saying is (laughs) I can only watch the highlights of it. So I haven't had a chance to, like, really see the games on a regular, regular basis. Because all they show in New York is an hour of everything that happened. There's been some interesting events there. You would have liked the shit. They had, like, you know how they have, like, speed skating on ice? yeah. That, but with rollerblades on a city circuit course. I remember seeing that. And then there was, like, some weird skateboarding shit. There was, like, some field hockey type of stuff happening. I know Rod is down there on the ground in the South. What's that been like, man?
3: Oh, yeah. Your boy spent the week at the World Games working and chilling, glad-handed, and welcoming people from all across the globe. And it was a wild time. Really? The... I learned two things at the World Games. One, they have uh, female sumo wrestling. I didn't know. What? I didn't know there were lady sumo wrestlers. I had never seen it in my entire life. Never heard of it. But they do have lady sumo wrestling. It, It was at the World Games. Also, they have people who dedicate their life to that the same way people do being basketball journalists and analysts. There's a woman there who has been. She's from Australia. Can't remember her name right now, but she apparently has been covering sumo wrestling worldwide for the last thirty fucking years. Like really? Really? Bob Costas of sumo wrestling.
2: <laughs> Word, that's fire. I ain't trying to sound misogynistic a while, but I gotta ask the question: Like, how thick were the shawties that was in the jute? The, 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 right. Really, I'm saying, look,
0: there's. Sumo wrestlers.
2: The men who sumo wrestle are effing huge. They are big, big Full hundo. boys.
3: Yeah, they are. The women aren't quite the women weren't quite that big. But they okay, were that's big, what I'm trying to course. find out. Right. And they don't I and I was when I found out about it, I was thinking, you know, do they wear one of those diaper things
2: that was around, around Thank you
3: around the titties. Right. But they don't. They wear oh. uh like spandex uh short sets. Oh, like wrestling sets. Yeah, they come in a tank top variety or like the sleeved NBA jersey variety. But they wear those and then the little diaper. Respect. It was a good time. It was a good time. The weirdest weirdest thing I saw was there's a sport called Lifesaving. What? And what that is is basically a lifeguard training that has been turned into an international <laughs> competition. No bullshit. Oh. There's
1: that's two heavy. events.
3: Mannequin toe okay. and mannequin carry. And all you do in the mannequin carry, you jump into the pool, mm-hmm. you pick a dummy up off the bottom of the pool, and then drag it to the finish line. And whoever does that the fastest wins.
0: So is it dead weight?
3: It is dead weight. It's just a heavy yeah, little... It's like a, it's, a yeah. it's like a CPR dummy. Mm-hmm. It's like the CPR torso and they do that and then there's mannequin toe where you jump into the water hook the tube around it and then drag it back to shore
0: okay what's the challenge
3: it's sports like that that make me describe the World Games as the Special Olympics for people that aren't on the spectrum. Because oh! that is, God. like, that would, that would never be in the real Olympics. <laughs> and that's such a crazy, how do you practice for that? How are you like, I'm not fast God. enough for the butterfly relay, but I'm fast yes. enough to compete with dragging a dummy through the
4: water. You just had an artistic <laughs> NFL player on last week and then this week you come through the door. <laughs> <laughs> I get what you're saying though. It's like, how is this a competition? But what's more fascinating is that it is a competition and then there's people globally who all it's go, international. yeah, sign me up. Sign me up for that.
2: <laughs> it's that Baywatch shit. Yeah. That's what it is. It's that Baywatch shit. Like, if, if, uh, In Australia... Uh, I know and in that's Australia where it was for founded. Show. it was started right. life saving like,
3: started in Australia mm. to
2: be to be a, a lifeguard in Australia is like a huge deal I'm not saying it's like special forces but like everybody just can't be a lifeguard in Australia so like they really train and they do all kind of OC shit I mean, it's. it's I, I didn't know that they made it into an international level sport, but I, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm familiar with it. That's dope. Though. It's
3: like if the NBA point guard skills competition was like the big three. Like if you didn't, if you flame out of the <laughs> NBA,
5: <laughs>
3: like I ain't really good enough to play pro ball, but I can dribble through some cones with the best of them. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: said my skills challenge game is unrivaled. I hear you, sir.
3: Because they also have Tug of War at the World Ooh, Games. Ooh, that would be now,
4: fun.
2: Now, see, now, but that shouldn't be international. <laughs> that would like, be Nation versus Nation Tug of
4: War?
3: That's like, that's a, that's like a family reunion church picnic. Yeah. Type thing. But they have teams of people who Ooh. this is just what
4: they did. All right, wait a minute. But is that is that really bad? Because the World Games have to do something to differentiate themselves from the Olympics because we know we're not going to get Olympic quality track and field. You're not going to get Michael Phelps level swimming. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's like ESPN Ocho where you got to watch <laughs> dodgeball <laughs> <laughs> fucking Sweden versus Norway In fucking tractor tow, America's Strongest Man type weird shit. Like, I'm just, you were there, I wasn't, Right.
3: It's kinda like when, you know, there's like the nerdy kid in your family that's like super into Magic the Gathering or some shit like that, and it's not something that's ubiquitous. Everybody's not into it, everybody doesn't know it, and you're thinking, ah, this is probably gonna be kinda laid back and kinda dorky, and then you show up to the competition and it's like the fucking Super Bowl in there. Oh,
1: mm-hmm. and
3: that's how it was at the World Games. You may th- on the on the surface and on the outside looking in, it's like, oh, this is kind of corny. But when mm-hmm. you get there, the people are taking it 100 percent
0: fucking. There are serious. people into it. Wow.
4: <laughs> Here we go. Thank you, down South Georgia girl. In Japan, where sumo wrestling originated, there are mm-hmm. only six female sumo clubs. There's only one woman for every 300 boy sumo wrestlers in the country of Japan. Uh, The average lady sumo wrestler, thank you again, Rhonda. Middleweight class, Ralph, since you're wondering how big they get. Mm. 143 to 176 pounds. The next weight class, that's lightweights and middleweights.
0: I could be a sumo wrestler.
4: Like you'd wrestle them down with your mouth. You'd just make them <laughs> kneel. <Yes. laughs> lightweight is 143. Oh, middleweight wow. is 176. And after that, it's open season. And that's when you get the people that's built like pickup trucks. JG, this is the part you're going to love. There's also an openweight division where all women, all weights can take on each other, which means a lightweight really? of 143 uh, pounds can take on the openweight national champion Tanya Arave. Apologies if I mispronounced that who weighs in at 357 pounds. (laughs) You scrawny ass could challenge.
2: You only seeing Tanya. Tanya. Me
4: at
0: 143. I love it.
4: Taking Uh, on somebody built like a twin bed air mattress. I would
0: do it. I just want to say I'm 143. That's just some
3: Dragon Ball Z shit. (laughs) That's some that's some straight up like Yeah, I I look like I'm outmanned and outgunned, but I just want to test my might. Like if I can beat somebody 250 pounds heavier than me, I'm really the shit.
4: Yes. (laughs) So you know what, man? For that rod, for observing these women sumo wrestlers who came up in a sport that was male-dominated and now proving that they too can push and shove a motherfucker out of a circle. Yes. They are all
1: Cody's most outstanding employee of the week.
0: Congratulations, All right.
1: ladies. I support this.
0: Yes.
4: You should do that, though, for real, JG. You should be a sumo wrestler. Yeah.
2: I mean,
0: I mean, I'm coming in at 143 and I'll double the protein, so I'm with you.
4: Mm-hmm. Jacqueline yeah. will grapple you and then start whispering demoralizing shit into your ear. The like,
0: whole time. I'm going to send him an email before we even start. This is going to be a mental competition. <laughs> <laughs>
4: All right. Let's meet Doug. JG, who do we have on the line?
0: We welcome television industry vet Doug Herzog to the show. Doug previously served as president of original programming at networks such as USA, Fox, and most recently Viacom's (laughs) music and entertainment group. During his time at Viacom, he helped launch and solidify the success of shows like The Real World, okay. South Park, Ooh. The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. Heard of that one. Just to name a few. Today, Doug will be talking with us about his illustrious career as a network executive, as well as his his cable-centric podcast, Basic, when cable was something. I forgot.
4: Cable was cool. Cable was cool. cool. Doug Herzog. Fucking (laughs) Jacqueline. Doug Herzog. i
0: don't write this.
4: (laughs) Welcome to the program, Doug Herzog. Thanks, Roy. It's great Um, to be here and meet everybody. Hi. You are, and I don't know if you've ever looked at yourself as this, but you are the architect of pop culture. You have been one of the architects of pop culture. Those shows that JG rattled off, those are iconic, legendary motherfucking properties. Real World Ain't No Punk Bitch, South Park Ain't No Punk Bitch, Jon Stewart, Daily Show. Look at all the spinoffs and look at all the children of new satire that have come from decisions that you and your people made in the war room. I have a question that is related to none of that shit to start, though, <laughs> Duck. Right. An immediate left turn. Let's go. We talk often about being fired, being terminated as a television executive and you're the only television executive we've ever had and I want you to understand that's why I'm asking this question because I don't know when we'll ever have someone who is set at the top floor of the tallest buildings in Los Angeles and New York and now sits in a closet in his house (laughs) I mean, look at
5: this, Roy. <laughs> what, what became of you? Ah. This is in New York and L.A. What
4: the fuck? The game is cold-blooded, <laughs> Doug. <laughs> I know what it's like when lower-level people are fired, but when you are the head, when you are the president of a network, Walk us through the morning of being told that you are no longer holding that position. Do they tell it to you over email? Does somebody call you? Does a motherfucker just knock on the door at your house and go, give me your key card, you motherfucker? (laughs) What happens at the corporate level in entertainment when they decide to make a change in your department?
5: Well, I had two instances where I I left two organizations. One... I left on my own account. Doesn't mean they weren't going to fire me anyway. I think that I, who knows? That probably would have happened. I was miserable. I didn't want to be there. They'd put this guy in over me at at the Fox Network in way back in uh, two thousand. And um, twenty four days. I, I I sort of Boy. I sort of went to my the guy who had hired me. I said, look, this isn't what I signed up for. You put this guy in on top of me you know, he understood that was not what I had signed up for, and he was very gracious guy named Peter Chernin, who was running the Fox uh, Broadcasting... uh, was running all of Fox then, and he very graciously uh, showed me the door and let me go. And then later, when I left Viacom, so uh, Bob Backish got... uh, You know, they had fired the guy I was working for, this guy Philippe Dumont, which was probably the right thing to do. He was not doing a great job and uh they had decided to install a guy named bob backish who has run an international who was sort of a peer of mine and i think there was a scenario where if i had given up some of my quote territory i could have stayed uh probably unhappily and maybe not for a long time but i elected to leave and so i went in to talk to bob and I basically said, I kind of fired myself. I sort of said, we're big boys. Like, this isn't going anywhere. What, that's right? some corporate
4: and, shit right there, yeah, boy. And, and, the- and by the way, and not only that, he
5: actually said to me, he goes, I'm not really good at this, so thank you. But I basically, you know, I did <laughs> God it. damn, Wow. You know. I took, 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 you know, I was like, I basically said, look, I'm, you know, I I got two years left on my deal. You guys just pay me out. I'll be on my way. I got some traveling I want to do. And that was that. So it it never, I never had that instance where somebody walked in my office and said, bring your playbook kind of thing. So
2: you've never been escorted out by security, Doug. You've never had joy. Only you. It is not a good time. Mm
5: -hmm. (laughs) No, but I, you know, unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, as a guy who ran a lot of these companies, I had to let a lot of people, you know, I have certainly fired my fair share of people over time and let people go. And that's a really difficult, awkward, horrible thing to do. Um, oh. it never, never felt, you know, good. And the only thing I'll say about that is, and I fired more people than I'm proud of, but almost all of them still talk to me to this day.
1: Oh, that's uh, good.
5: Almost all, oh. them, not every one of them. Dig There's me, a couple dig people dig. who took it dig pretty, me. pretty personally and and never spoke to me again. And I get that. Um, but most, uh, most folks have been able to keep kind of a, you know, uh uh uh, relationship with you know it's never personal Mm -hmm. um it's always business and you know sometimes things have to evolve and change and you got to pull trigger somewhere so
4: i think that's the thing that's so frustrating about that culture though especially in entertainment is that you need a family culture for the company to congeal Mm -hmm. for a show to congeal you have to feel cool with one another but at the bottom line it's still business which goes against everything that's needed to make everything stick. I, I'm sorry for cutting you off, JJ.
0: No, no, no. Go ahead, Roy. Oh, I was just going to say, Doug, in your previous roles, have you ever implemented what happened to you? Meaning someone came in or someone was placed over you to make you uncomfortable enough to leave? Because you know that's a strategy to get you to walk. So have you ever, yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah, I mean that's what happened to me at Viacom. I, I think they knew when they when Backish got the job that Doug was probably going to leave. And but by the way, you you know, I, and I know because, like I said, I've run companies like this. You know, you do that math in your head, and you know when you make a big decision like that, there's going to be some fallout. Uh, you know, oh. generally. So you know. That, 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 I think that goes into the, goes the, and look, it's just, you know, it's just business. They're just jobs. And look, I, I'm, you're looking at the luckiest guy in the world. I had the best jobs in the world, you know, MTV, Comedy Central, you know, Fox. I mean, I had the time of my life. Um, you don't own these jobs. You rent them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are not yours. You know, I didn't own any nice. of these businesses. And mm-hmm. you have to know that, that, you know, ultimately, no matter how long you're there, you're just passing through. And, um, and, oh. and at some point, they're going to call your number.
0: But Doug, my question still remains, did you ever do that to somebody and now it was done to you? Uh,
5: I probably, yeah, I probably did. I mean, I'm pro- I am probably put you know, Doug, I'm somebody. Sorry. What? I'm sorry. Why
0: are you sorry? It's a question. No,
5: I, pro- I, pro- I probably have. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I did that where I made the decision to kind of move somebody up and over somebody else. Amazingly, uh, over all those years when I had to let people go, it was mostly always performance Mm. and only in one Mm. or two occasions was it performance that was related to somebody's personal problems um you know Mm. i.e you know drinking or drugs or something like that so in that regard you know it was always well it's never easy and it's and it's it's always hard it's really it's like the you know oh my god it was like that that was the thing i you know when you knew you had to do it your stomach would turn in knots you wouldn't Mm -hmm. sleep forever knowing that that conversation was coming and um because as roy said you know particularly in showbiz we work closely together there you know at the best places with the best culture there is a family atmosphere and you all feel like friends you all feel like family you're in the foxhole together and you know and then shit happens
3: you ever fired somebody mm-hmm. for that type of performance who was currently in that state? Like you were going to fire somebody for drugs and they showed up to the firing meeting on an eight ball? Oh
0: no. <laughs>
4: Doug, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for these questions, Doug. Oh I no.
1: said, you know, know, shit happens. <laughs> shit happens. Doug, <laughs> Doug, answer.
4: Doug, we have a full prep doc that Hayat and <laughs> Bonsworth off of all the girls <laughs> because, And I, I promise you, have you ever fired somebody while they was high it was not in the prep doc? <laughs> <laughs>
3: You know, like firing somebody, like you got a drug problem. They got like a needle hanging out their arm. Like, what are you talking about? I can't believe you would do this. I don't have no drug
5: problem. (laughs) Look, the hardest thing is, the hardest part is once you've made that decision in your mind, like I need to make a change, then you can't stop thinking about it. And my, you know, what I wanted to do is I wanted to do it as soon as I could because I didn't. Well, first of all, I thought that person deserve to know as soon as possible. And I just, you know, just getting it out there and, and off your chest and off the table, I always thought was the best way. And I'm, I'm that way in general. I'm the kind of person, like, I just put it right on the table. I don't like to mess around. I don't beat around the bush. I don't play games. I'm like, if I got a problem, I'm going to tell you. And cause I just want to get it out there and I want to deal with it. So when I would come to that decision, you know, I would try and do it as soon as possible. I had a couple of dumb little rules. Like I never would do it on a Friday. I didn't, I always thought that was like terrible for somebody to go home and, you know, hearing that bad news and have to sit on it all weekend. So I know that sounds like really crazy and, but I just would always try and do it like on a Monday or Tuesday. Once, uh, whenever I had come to that decision or somebody who was working for me came to that decision there would come a point at holiday time where I'd say, okay, after November 15th, we don't do it because okay. I don't want to ruin anybody's holiday. Yeah. We'll just wait it out for a couple of weeks and we'll do it's it rules right after the game. What? Right yes. after the first like of the year. I don't want to ruin anybody's holiday. just nice. like a terrible, terrible thing. Unless, unless, you know, there was
2: something really bad that had to be fixed.
4: Unless right? they were high on cocaine as well. <laughs> like right. At the Christmas party,
2: at the Christmas party. All
4: right. So the, the podcast is called basic when cable was cool. Now, Doug, you sit down with people that were like you, some of the architects of that era, either behind the camera or in front of the camera. I know you talked to Jimmy Kimmel, who was a big part of what I would say is the 2.0 evolution of Comedy Central with The Man Show.
5: He was also also 1.0. He was the co-host of women money. money.
0: Oh yeah,
5: that's right. I actually offered The Daily Show to Jimmy Kimmel, a then unknown chubby Jimmy Kimmel, really? before I offered it to Jon Stewart, and that motherfucker turned me down flat over dinner.
0: Really? And he was, yeah. and he was making, and he was making <laughs> four hundred fifty dollars a show. Wow!
5: I was shocked. I was like, he really, he just turned me down. I just offered him to start his own TV show. He was nobody. Mm. Was this before Kilborn? Kilborn was leaving. Yeah. And I had to find a new host. And Jimmy, I love Jimmy. He was doing the show with, you know, Ben Stein. I was like, and I offered him the show. And he turned me down. He's with his first wife. We were in Chicago, as a matter of fact. We were at a cable convention in Chicago we at a steakhouse. Uh, and he turned me down flat over there. Not even a, I'll think about it. He's like, no, thank mm. you. And when I interviewed him for the podcast, he talked about he was he had been on the radio at K at K-Rock, which is how he got started. He was the sports guy. And he and he and he and he, and he talked about turning down several TV jobs before he took the win Benstein win Ben Stein's money job because he didn't feel like they were right for him. And I thought, man. This guy, even going back to when he was a nobody, he really had a sense of what was going to be right for him, and and he didn't just grab the 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 money or the or the or that opportunity to get on TV. He would he was waiting for the right moment.
2: I'm old enough. I, I I'm not gonna say age-wise, but I'm old enough. I remember those days. I was growing up watching the, a lot of the shows. Like my homeboy was on the Real World. My man Tech Money was on the Real World.
5: We got Kevin Powell coming up from season one on the on the podcast. Yeah,
2: Kevin Powell. Like you know, there's those I watched those dudes growing up. I remember that stuff. It, it's it's weird to think of how how many of those cats went on to just do so many, such a myriad of different things, man. It, it really launched a lot of people's careers. That, that was
5: the idea of the podcast. Roy was you know cable television. It feels like it's a story with a beginning, a middle. And I Mm. think now because of streaming that you know about to have an end and I actually do think it might actually go away cable as we know Mm -hmm. it over time not tomorrow but over time and it just felt like a good time to revisit like the 80s and the 90s and you know some people I had grown up with and come up with and start talking about you know uh, you know back in the day and and what made it great and fun and, and revolutionary at the time.
0: Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at meaningfulbeauty.com.
4: Job fair. We are talking television with the homie Doug Herzog, the former president of Viacom International, blah, 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 blah whatever the fuck the t- huh? title was that Jacqueline read earlier. I don't have time to be reading these long. You sounded shit. professional. Um, he was right. I'm, we're going to talk to him in a second. But first, it's time to slow it down for a second and talk with a brother who I'm sure knows a lot about television. I'm sure that this man mm-hmm. had a subscription to the movie channel as a child, and if not, he had a cable de-scrambler and was able to get access to episodes of Young Lady Chatterley and Emmanuel. Really? The classics. <laughs> His mama named him Nerado. We call him Rod for short. Rod. We're talking television this week, evolution of it with uh old Doug Herzog, as I'm sure you've heard thus far. What were your shows growing up?
3: Oh man, as a kid I was I was addicted to all the classics both at the time and before my time. So I spent those Saturdays getting up and watching the back to back to back I Love Lucy and hmm. Really? The Griffith show, Gallagher's Island, Little Gomer Pile. okay, Little Gomer, Gomer Little Gomer, yeah. Perfect Strangers, Growing Pains, a Little Balky, even, even the Lost Gems, like like Kate's Family, Ooh. Small Wonder, you know what I'm talking? About? <laughs> oh
4: wow, you yeah, know this I wow. watched it all, man. If Small Wonder was a TV show, that, if there was a TV show about a teenage robot, you know that Daddy would have tried to touch that robot you know oh, no. that robot as the camera yeah. looks down good daddy with a no. dress, you're looking good mm. robot why don't you come on upstairs turn hey. into
2: adult mode go adult Google Siri whatever your name is girl ah
4: that got
3: dark
2: <laughs> <laughs> word word That's to my
3: it. man Smash Adams my best friend from college he he was the one that had the computer with the F drive with everything on it. Good <laughs>
2: word.
3: TV series, movies, porn, whatever. And personalized the D V D menu for you. He was he was going down.
2: Oh. Shout out to Torrenters. All the people who torrent. That's all I'm gonna say. I ain't gonna call you out, but all those people who were torrenting back in the day helped save me plenty of money and in- Made me Give me a lot of dates to the crib because I could just Amen burn my Hey Amen to movies. that.
3: I canceled Shut. my Netflix subscription like in 2012 when I got hipped on to this torrent site. I fucking canceled everything.
4: See, I ain't like for whatever the virus going to do, I'll be scared of bootlegging TV. <laughs> now, that ain't the shit that I do, except for I'll take that back. I'll go on Project Free TV every now and then and I'll bootleg boxing because I think boxing is extortion and it's crooked and it's wrong and it's corrupt. I'm still
0: in that. (laughs) Wait a minute. You just told everyone on a couple of episodes ago to bootleg your most recent special, Imperfect Messenger.
4: Yeah, I'm okay with people bootlegging me because of all of the things that I bootleg. That's called reciprocity. And I feel like that I (laughs) owe it to the universe to put content back into the pot that I've taken from for so many decades. So I can't get mad. When someone has pirated footage of my shit on YouTube, two of my specials are on YouTube in their entirety. You think I'm a snitch on them? You think I'm a file a copyright strike and destroy that person's YouTube empire? You figure out a way to get a couple dollars off that shit? Go ahead, man. Good job. I'm already paid. Like, it'd be different if I owned the special. And I still get a piece of the... the, the, Mm -hmm. My deal with Comedy Central was flat. Never holler back. I don't get another dime as long as I live for them special. So I don't give Mm. a fuck what anybody (laughs) does. (laughs) Real quick. Royce Child Fair is a proud city area of Comedy Central Paranormal. And we do not condone any type of bootlegging of any kind. Piracy is wrong with a penalty in jail up to five years. FBI warning, blah, blah, blah. We bring Rod on this program to give you topics to break the ice with your co-workers, who you can't stand, who you find boring. Rod, let's talk a little TV this week.
3: White people, what's what's very hot in black circles of TV is something that continues to grow. Recently, there was the versus between and from Roy's heated rivals B2K and Mario.
4: my rivals. They were 13. The, they weren't supposed the to like my comedy. Of course they gave me one star. <laughs>
3: they did a verses, and it was uh, uh, the best way I could describe it is that it was like a lame nigga convention.
4: Uh, oh. Facts the Versus is where two popular artists who we believe have had a decent catalog of hits and they take turns singing their hits, you know, a minute or two of each hit and the crowd decides who had the better performance or the mm-hmm, better mm-hmm. catalog of music or whatever. Keep going.
3: Yeah, and Versus got all the way down to Mario and Omarion. And, uh, because
2: the streets were worried about Mario and Omarion. Where yeah. are they?
3: Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, it was awful. They had a, a lot of other... <laughs> A lot of other young R&B cats that have fallen off since the early 2000s, but uh, there's some good news coming out of that. Uh, There was a, a conference call between Ray J, Pleasure P, Bobby Valentino, and Sammy, where they pitched a reality TV series about them forming a singing group. And coming together to make an EP. And I got to tell you, I I don't think the music is going to be worth any good goddamn. But that mm-hmm. sounds like appointment television right there. <laughs> I don't watch reality TV, and I'd be glued to that shit.
4: First off, after the failure of Tank, Genuine, and Tyrese. Wasn't that a super group? Yes.
3: It was a group of celebrities. I don't That's know. It was supposed to be was. a super, super group. group. That's what happened.
2: Because Keith Sweat <laughs> did one too, didn't he? One Keith Sweat, one LSG, baby, like Sweat. And yeah, that yeah.
3: was
4: that was hot. LSG was like a new edition show. If some of the mother niggas like they flight got canceled, and this is just what you get. Yeah, tonight.
3: <laughs> it was like BBD for old niggas.
4: Yeah, I was about to say yeah, <laughs> it wasn't bad albums. I just my question is, who is the music for? Because if you're making R and B for thirty and forty year old women who remember you when you were in your prime you weren't the pinnacle of the sound in that era at that time.
3: This show is all about the TV show. Nobody is. they probably going to sell six albums
4: of their EP,
3: but Mm. that TV show is going to have some of the highest ratings in television history.
4: Look, I'm all for anybody Making a little bit of money. That's the one thing that these versus battles over the last two years have been able to do is create a new buzz and a new fan base for artists that we've all beloved. And now they're starting to get into the second tier artists who didn't necessarily have as long and sustained a career as artists from the earlier versus that were happening it's during COVID season. <laughs> 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 Fuck that season. Oh, that's a perfect <laughs> analogy that only black people would get. <laughs> what do you do with that though? What do you let them fight? Do you like what do we get out of that?
3: Oh, you have to, it's gonna be a typical uh, you know, VH1 style love and hip hop type show. Yeah. They, all they are gonna do is fight. Fuss and fight and drink. That's it. And they each go dog each other out even though they are
4: all has been. <laughs> jacqueline do you care about bobby valentino and ray j and sammy and mario you may as well throw in craig david from britain while we had it <laughs> oh wow
0: i only know him because he slept with the kardashians so i don't care about any of them
4: but you never listened to bobby valentino you didn't listen to slow down i really want to
0: get to know, to know yeah. well, i remember the song oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah,
3: he, yeah but the lead yeah. singer of the group Mister, who hit us with Blackberry yes, Molasses, back Blackberry
4: Molasses. I don't know. I don't listen to R and Love is. How did it go Rod? Damn. Ah. Let's flip it up. Talk about going dark fast. <laughs> Let's flip it up for the people here.
2: <laughs> what right? <is> an illusions.
4: <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Well,
3: all right. Then. <laughs> Switching it up, uh, black people, something you can bond with white people about right now in the world of television is uh, Black Ink Crew, another VH1 mm. reality series set around black people. Where uh, one of the tattoo artists, oh, Caesar Emmanuel, just got fired because he, he recently learned how much white people love dogs and a video was released Mm. of him abusing his dog, and he was instantly fired from
2: VH1. Can't do that, bro.
3: And and, uh, and he's learning a very hard lesson that uh, I need more people to listen to this show and understand I am not fucking around when I tell you how much white people love dogs. VH1 reality shows employs... People from every part of the underbelly Society. People who have not only been accused of, but convicted of so many different felonies. That nigga <laughs> hit a dog and he was out of there. <laughs> no, you can't
0: hit dogs.
3: They got sex offenders on them shows. Right. They up in
0: contracts.
2: <laughs> can't even be near schools and shit.
4: <laughs> the irony of it is that VH1, when I was growing up in the 90s, we should talk to Doug about this in a second. VH1, that was the white channel. You didn't watch VH1. vh True. Shit. You got one hour of black shit on VH1 once a week. It was called The Soul of VH1. Mm-hmm.
2: Shout out Majima Pickett, because li- Majima li- Pickett programmed all that shit, and now she's okay. at Spotify.
4: But now they have Atlanta Excess, Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, Mob Wives, Couples Therapy, Leave It to Stevie J, K. Michelle, My Life, Brunch with Tiffany New York Pollock. She got the VH1. Do they objects. show any videos? Not anymore. Not they don't have too.
2: any video like because that cause VH sold for real for a minute was mad funky. That shit was dope. Like it was actually all right. Like you know, but but then when they started with the reality shows, they, fuck music. We don't need that anymore. Who wants yeah. to listen to that shit? Nobody wants music. Yeah, uh, grown ass women in really nice dresses throwing bottles at each other at five star restaurants.
0: Oh no.
4: J.G., how do you feel about the portrayal and presentation of black women on these shows?
0: They put themselves in that unique position to grow their viewership. So I hope everyone takes it with a grain of salt that that's not how all black women or women of color actually are. These are people who need to entertain to make their money and to stay relevant. That is not how every woman of color is. Thank
3: you so much for saying that, Jacqueline. Because for years I've had a major problem with people dogging out companies like VH1 talking about they make black people look bad. all those people are doing is rolling the goddamn cameras. Okay, they ain't making nobody act. Correct. Like that. All they doing uh, is holding correct. up a goddamn mirror. If you don't like what you see, that's a you problem. Just not because a them
4: you can, Eric. Does it mean you should, Eric? Do you not have a responsibility to the public at large to not show a bunch of black women at brunch fighting and snatching each other's wigs?
3: Is it against FCC? You should be, when it comes to television, anything that doesn't violate FCC regulations goes. And it ain't a bunch of white people that's watching it either.
0: When I produced morning news and the overnight photogs would bring me in video of. A woman or a man or a person of color who happened to see whoever the shooting was that night or the fire was that night. If they weren't represented well, that video got lost. I'm going to be honest with you.
4: So you didn't like when the news would have ghetto black people on TV. I seen a fire. Oh, Lord Jesus, it's a fire.
0: Ain't nobody got time How for you
3: that. How your wife?
4: <laughs> mm. Yeah. Both of those. Everybody. They would have never
0: made air with me.
4: He had a reality show, too. Shout out to Huntsville, Antoine Dotson. He had a little run there. It, it, it's
0: mm-hmm.
4: I do appreciate any reality show where I know somebody's getting their dream crushed at the end of the episode. <laughs> No. <laughs> I, I don't care that. I <laughs> don't care what the competition is. If somebody going home at the end of this, is, I'm watching. You've I told you, this? my favorite <laughs> reality show stuff. is Chopped Junior cuz they, they talk to them kids like they fucking 43 year old ice-hole. men. Like they that get is bored ice-hole. in school, goddamn. Yeah. Them kids are about to, cried, fucking 12 year old motherfucker your duck feet ain't shit you child. T- right. <laughs> <You just> throw <laughs> the duck at the wall and run off. Yeah. That motherfucker run down that hall like a Maury Povich paternity <laughs> bro. <laughs> 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 gone. Crying. I love
2: Beyond Scared Straight. That is my favorite show ever. Take prison. They take these little privileged ass kids and the kids be popping shit in the camera before they go too. I ain't scared yes. of nobody. I smoke weed. Yes. I tell my mama fuck you. I ain't worried about them. I'm a thug. And then they go to jail, they be like, don't kill me! To, please give me my shoes back. I
4: just want to go home. I love my mama. Nope. I ain't
2: never going to do this again. Love it. I support, I support it. it. Break the children. Break them. Walk they need to be scared walk straight. Walk
4: through the yard, busting a sack. See if they'll mm. straighten up. Real quick. <laughs> this podcast is Uncle Rod Story Corner. You can get it wherever you get this fine podcast. Rod, we bid you adieu. And, um,
0: Thank you. Happy
4: week to you, Rod.
3: <laughs> same, same to y'all man bless up what Yeah,
4: happy week I don't know what the fuck it means either Jacqueline just roll with it just of the week time <laughs> welcome back on the program brother Doug Herzog Rod you can hang around if you feel like it I know sometimes you have affairs to go and tend to literally <laughs>
0: <laughs> awful
4: all right, Doug, I have a scam question that I'm not sure if, out of respect to your colleagues who still sit in these positions, you can answer. But I have to ask how much, because as a person who was there in MTV 1.0 through. Many iterations of MTV, that means you were there during the beginning of the MTV Movie Awards, the MTV Video Mo- Music Awards, the BET Awards, the Comedy Central Comedy, Award, all of these different awards that have popped up over the years. How much of award shows is a scam in the sense of it is to generate ratings mm. and attention to the network versus just actually praising the it's artist. It's a
5: symbiote. Well, I could tell you the MTV video, the the, the, the music video awards. Because
4: I feel like yeah, both parties yeah. get something out of it, but it's I, like...
5: I, I actually started at MTV the week after the very first video music awards. Um, and I worked on a lot of them, and I executive produced a bunch of them, and they were some of the really most fun nights of my career. They were done for two reasons, right? They it was On one hand, it was a way to celebrate... Well, particularly with music video, like it was a, you know, we thought it was an art form. A lot of people didn't at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It seemed like a novelty, and, oh, so and everybody was, you know, like the, you know, the quick cutting and the, you know, the girls in lingerie, whatever it was. You explore, people were really like, you know, kind of down on it. So we really wanted to celebrate it as an art form and bring some credibility to it, and bring some credibility to the people who were making them and doing them and doing such a great job. And of course, it also, it also, yeah, it also, but it also mm-hmm. furthered. You know the the mtv brand and you know got us out there and brought attention to us you know every year on that night and so yeah it was a it was a symbiotic thing but look look i mean it's also tv roy you know everybody does this to make money and the ones that are still around are the ones that make money
4: so years ago i'll probably take you back 0708. i pitched a television show to bet unscripted it was like a talk soup tosh yep. hybrid And BET passed on the show. And the reason why they passed was that we don't want to make fun of black celebrities because we still need them to come to our award shows. Now, this was not said in any official capacity. It was not said over email. But that was the word that got back to me was basically our award show that we do, the BET Awards and the BET Hip Hop Awards. I think they had one or two of them that they did quarterly. Those that show that two fucking hours was so important to their bottom line every year that we cannot risk having a show that pisses off anybody that we need to show up to that, this event. That,
5: that, that tracks 100 <laughs> percent. One of the challenges, I'd say, for B.E.C. at Comedy Central, we were in the business of being funny. So we could kind of always say, hey, we're just being funny and it's in the news and that's who we are. And we weren't really expecting huge celebrities to come and be on Comedy Central. When you're BET, and you are kind of the only network of its kind, and you, you know, and you represent, or you try to represent everything about your community, right? I I get it, you know? I mean, I remember, you know, even running MTV News, like, you know, I had a bunch of journalists, you know, like, or, you know, music journalists working for me. And they would, you know, be digging up dirt on Madonna and... We're in business with Madonna on MTV, right? Like she's giving us videos. We're trying to get her on the or and there was always like this fine line of like, you know, how far do you go, and where do you, you know, where do you, you know, how far do you go with it? You know, I totally, you know, it's like you ever hear David Spade? You ever hear David Spade talk about like doing uh, the Hollywood Minute on yeah. SNL and how difficult that was because you know he would bury somebody mm-hmm. one week and they'd end up <laughs> guest hosting two weeks later. <laughs>
3: That's that's what kept Eddie Murphy from coming back for 25 years was a David Spade joke. That's right. And he's still mad.
4: What are what are the techniques that you employ when someone is giving you a terrible idea and it is a terrible show that, you know, will not work, but you don't want to let them down. You don't want to hurt them because you want them to remain encouraged to bring you other ideas. And this, to me, speaks way more broader than television. I just want this to work for anybody. (laughs) Because, you know, we have people on the show who we have people who listen to the show. You have to field ideas from your co-workers and them ideas are shit. So when you I'm just being real, I'm being real. How do you field shit ideas and not make the shitty person feel shitty? Mm-hmm. I used to
5: say I made, a, you know, I made my living generally saying no a lot more than yes. But learning how to say no to somebody is an art. And because yes, you want true. to your point, Roy. You want that person, you know, so if Roy Wood brings in a, a an idea for uh, for me, and I don't love it, but I love Roy. Uh, now I want to I want to tell him it's not right, but I want him to come back tomorrow with the next idea because mm-hmm. I really like Roy, and I think he's a big talent. So the hardest part, and I was you know, this was I was famous for this. I would pass in the room. A lot of people would do that thing where they go, oh, let us think about it. We'll get back to you blah 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 I mean, you get an email and again I just couldn't from the like,
4: going yeah I didn't like it yeah
5: I, I, you know again I just <laughs> felt like my credibility was in being honest with people I like and that. not playing games and not playing around yeah. so I would pass in the room and what I would generally say is that's not right for us this doesn't feel like the right place for this mm-hmm. I wouldn't make a judgment on the on the uh, you know like it's a good idea or a bad idea Um,
4: uh, Ah. I would say like
5: this, this isn't, uh, this isn't the right idea for us or we can't do this at this time. And, and so, and by the way, sometimes that was the actual answer, right? Sometimes, sometimes it was just terrible idea. Mm -hmm. You you don't want to hurt people's feelings. (laughs) And so I I wasn't in the business of like, oh my God, are you fucking kidding me? That's the worst thing i ever heard. No, never would say that. Finding a way to say no is, is it's an art. You know, yes. like passing mm-hmm. the, the art of pa- it's so easy to say yes. Like people are like, yeah, we'll do it. People yeah like, yeah, we'll do it. Let's go. But like saying no and tr- and trying to get people to not feel good about it, but not be crushed by mm-hmm. that hearing that answer and getting them to come back hopefully the next time with a better idea. That's the whole game because you never, you know, you didn't want to close the door on anything, mm-hmm. anytime, anybody you never knew where the next great idea was coming from. Nobody knows and you never knew. That's one of the things I did learn in MTV because we were, we were making shows and creating stuff in an era where agents were not paying attention to cable. Nobody was bringing stuff to us and we were finding people under rocks, literally, right. under rocks. And... So you learned that like a great idea could come from this guy you never heard from or this woman who was somebody's assistant down the hall um, or somebody you ran into on the street. And that's how we did it in the old days at MTV. And, you know, no one knows nothing is what I you know. That's all I know is no one knows. If I had a uh, if I if I knew the answer to these questions Roy, I wouldn't be sitting in my closet right now, would I? (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> it's a very nice closet, though, Doug. Whatever yeah, I got, I got all my, steel, all my nice CDs closet.
5: in here, you know, shit I never use anymore. Well, Doug, if you, Doug, if you're looking to make a comeback
3: and get out of that closet... Uh, I'm sitting on a spec script for a reboot of Homeboys in Outer Space I can get in your hands. Let's Yo, go. I'm willing to let you get your beat
5: wet that on this my,
3: one if you can use some of your connections.
5: That was, that, you know, that, that was my boy was in that guy named Stan yeah. He is Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I met Stan when he was right off the bus uh, from Ohio, from Youngstown, Ohio. He pitched me that show at Comedy Central. And I passed on the first time I was at Comedy Central, I swear to God. I had a I had another name for it. Uh, I said, it would be better if you called it this. You couldn't call it that in 2022. And I'm not sure I'm ready to say it publicly in 2022. But I... I had, a, I had a better name. Darkies? I had a better name. Darkies in the these, space
3: shuttle? These niggas got a spaceship. <laughs> Hold it, Doug. Hold it, the, Doug. I was about to say, you got no, yeah, the wrong not, three. I'm not going my career. This one is one not either.
5: how it goes down. This is not
2: how it all ends. The wrong they three. We're going to
5: take your closet from you, too.
0: They'll come take your closet. Keep too that down. to yourself, Doug. It,
5: it was It was a better name. It was a better name. So here's the here, scam. So. Yes.
4: This, oh yeah! Give this, us a scan.
5: This speaks to firing people. Okay. So, I, okay. I, I used to, right right to this, fire. I used to pride myself <laughs> on hiring great people, and particularly assistants, and I, a bunch of them that I hired early in my career went on to have great careers in showbiz. I had this person working for me who, um, you know, I was the kind of person as a, I was busy. And I was also, I'm also very open and trusting. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I was like, look, you're going to hear a lot. You're going to see a lot. I need to make, I need you to understand that you're, you know, I can trust you with that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, 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 and th- this person was, was very trusting with that kind of information. Um, what she was not trustworthy with was with my finances. Uh-oh. So at the time she used to, this person used to, um, would go over my credit cards uh, and she ran two great scams. Right. One was she would charge things. She would charge things on my corporate credit card to the company. And when the company okay. would call and say, "Hey, you know, it looks like Doug has some personal charges here," she said, "Oh yeah, I'll, I'll uh, yeah he sometimes mixes the cards up. I'll I'll I'll, I'll get his uh, accountant to take care." Nice. of Nice. And she'd call my accountant, nice. and my accountant would write a check to Viacom. Really. So, yeah.
0: Same woman. So
5: because she would see my credit cards, mm-hmm. and I learned a big lesson from this, by the way. Uh, she, So I would say, hey, um, uh, I need to buy a gift for somebody. And she would always say, is it a, a business gift or a personal gift? Mm-hmm. So if it was a business gift, it went on the corporate credit card. If, you know, if I was buying Roy Wood, a bottle of wine, i would go on the corporate credit card. Um, if I was going to sit and buy something for you, Jacqueline, that would be a personal gift, yes. right? So she goes, I said, personal gift. She says, oh, you know, she says, you know, you never use your american express points why don't you use like your american express points and buy this gift I was like that's a great idea do that oh, so she no. got into my points and then what she would do was she would buy i under my name she yeah. would buy an american express gift card for like it started, it started at like a hundred bucks. Then it was like two fifty. And by the time she was done, she was buying herself two thousand dollar American Express Whoa. gift cards. And she would charge Shit. everything. Yeah. Everything. I mean, I when I when I finally found out and dug in, it was everything from like shoes and clothes to like fast food.
4: That's a hell of a scam. Oh, that's solid. That's solid. I need to become an assistant. <laughs> Shit. Shit.
3: You could have got that car built if you was in the TV business back then, right?
4: (laughs) Damn. Fuck you. Thank you, Rock. Sidebar. Duh.
5: Here we go. I'm going to settle this right now. Whatever it is, I'm going to settle it right now.
4: Settle it. You're going to settle this, (laughs) Doug. Let's just say you had access to someone's credit cards. And knowing that you cannot buy a car on a credit card. But you could, in theory, order every single car part for that car via credit cards and then assemble said car in a parking lot. <laughs> is that a good idea? Rob, stop. You're, you're poisoning the jury pool, Rob. You're poisoning the jury.
2: Mute your mic just like me, Rob. Mute your mic.
4: Is that a good idea or a bad idea? Is that a scam that is doable to completion?
5: Roy, um, as you know I like to pass in the room. And, <laughs> and, and while I have a while I have a while I have a reputation of trying not to hurt anybody's feelings, that's the worst fucking idea I ever heard. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's that's right that's right behind Quibi is the worst idea I ever heard. <laughs> 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 Oh, it's a terrible idea.
0: Oh. Oh. That's a terrible
4: oh, look idea. look at his face! I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Let me make it clear. I was eighteen when I thought of that shit. That's not some shit I thought about now. Oh shit!
5: I mean, as the as the, oh, as the start of like a comedy routine, it has promise. But as an actual idea, oh, shit. shit.
4: I was gonna get that M input. I told you I'd settle it. Oh, shit. No! <laughs> <laughs> Job, Fab. We'll be back.
1: This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of
4: Job fair. We are bringing it home. Former television executive Doug Herzog. Now, JG, right before the break, you had a question. I cut you off. So, kick it off.
0: I'm curious about you waking up one morning saying, I'm going to go run cable television. That's not what you woke up and said one morning. So what did you really wake up and say, I'm going to go lead or I'm going to do what? What were your other aspirations? My
5: aspiration was just to be, I I grew up in an era where there were three TV networks. Uh, you, You know, music came from the radio or you had to go buy the record and put it on the turntable. Mm -hmm. And I was obsessed with TV as a kid. I just knew I kind of gravitated towards that. I kind of want, I didn't know what I wanted to be. We were so unsophisticated about this. Nobody knew anything about Hollywood. Nobody, there wasn't anything reported about it. And you couldn't find out all this information that we all know today. But I just knew I kind of wanted to do this. I went to college to study it. I went to a little place called Emerson College. Mm. I remember I told my grandmother I was going to college to study television. And she said, oh, will you be able to fix my TV? Um, cause there was just no <laughs> frame of reference for like, you know, yeah. and I, and I, I, I started out pr- quote producing, um, and the idea of being an executive is not anything that necessarily I thought about or occurred to me. And when I yeah. went to MTV in 1985, I was 25 years old. I got this opportunity to start their news department and I started
2: managing yeah. people.
5: And that was like, oh, mm-hmm. I was like, I kind of like this. I like the man. I like. I wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, Doug,
2: Doug, Doug, stop, wait. stop, Doug, stop. Wait a minute. I hate it when people slip in things like that. Do you are you? Did you just say that you were twenty five years old and you started MTV News? Well,
5: I was twenty five years old and I was yeah charged with
2: starting the MTV News department. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Jeez, Doug. I mean, whether it was your idea or not, it's just the idea at twenty five. Like, that's such a. Wow cuz a lot of people do hello I'm Kurt Loder
4: I think I could work out. Right. With... Sounds good to me bro <laughs> Come on man
2: what's up Like John Stewart Maybe people people forget something. that John Stewart came on I I remember John Stewart doing Canadian he was a Canadian extreme sports guy When 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 he first came about that was who I knew John Stewart to be And I remember when he got the Daily Show gig, because I was, what, high school, college, maybe? And I was like, how are they going to put the extreme sports dude on a news show? And he murders this shit. Yeah, we
5: all came up together. It was fun. You know, it was, you know, and and we were kind of, particularly at MTV in the early days, we were literally making it up as we went along, and everybody was 20 something. It was, it was Mm crazy. It was, it was as much fun as it sounded, I promise you.
4: The podcast is called Basic When Cable Was Cool. And when I talk about you being an architect of pop culture for decades, it's also rooted in the fact that you were a student of it. You started at CNN. Mm. You were over at Entertainment Tonight. This is like late 70s, early 80s. Early, all early like 80s. Larry, early 80s. Dawn of, the, yeah. dawn of cable television, early 80s. Larry King was still mm. on his second wife. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: you,
4: he was still he writing his like Goofy or USA or Today <laughs> column. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So mm. you get to MTV in the mid 80s, early 80s I would even argue. And we know what MTV became. Mm-hmm. But what are the similarities in television now versus what slowly happened with the rise of MTV and music and punk culture? Well, well, well
5: I would tell you I got to MTV in 84 videos. and that was I would I used to I, I would say that was like the height if, for those of us who are old enough to remember. and It looks like you guys may might be yeah, that was like <clears throat> the height of the music video. Uh, maybe not you, Jacqueline.
0: Thank you. It was like
5: at the height of the music video.
4: Jacqueline, though. Jacqueline, So
5: 1984, MTV was still playing nothing but videos. And uh, that was like the summer of, when I got there, was the summer of Michael Jackson's mm. uh, Thriller, um, mm-hmm. Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA, Prince's Purple Rain. They were all touring, by the way. This was an amazing summer. Um, and george michael or madonna choose your choose your choose your uh pop icon but um that was like that was like when music video was going at its peak and then one day everybody woke up and uh you know it seemed like the novelty had worn off they're like we we better start making tv shows Mm. to keep people around longer and that's how and i was the guy who was making all the shows you know For MTV back then, which was a very controversial thing, because everybody was like, "Why aren't you showing videos? You're not supposed to be making game shows and news shows and dance shows." Shout out out to Remote Control. Yeah, shout out to Remote Control and Colin Quinn. So, uh, but to answer your question, Roy, I think what's going on today is actually a little similar, because I look at what's going on with the streamers, you know. Uh, Amazon and Netflix and Mm -hmm. um, Disney and Warners, and I feel like they're the networks now. I feel like that's ABC, NBC, CBS and that what's going to happen what i think might happen next is people really want to i think are going to want to get back to that kind of curation and like that those those brands that made cable television where you knew where to go for music you knew where to go for comedy you knew where to go for news you knew where to go for talk you knew where to go for sports you knew where to go for women's programming documentaries whatever it is but now you you know now you're in these big giant streamers that all feel like i don't know they feel like kmart and walmart and target like they got everything you need but they also have no
4: personality Mm. so then do you think then the streamers are going to start becoming a little bit more genre specific
5: but I I already miss like where's HBO like I feel like it's not there anymore right you know it felt like a special place and a place you know you knew you're going to get something great and cool every Sunday night and and now it's like now it's in with all this other stuff I can't tell what's an HBO show and what's not
2: Mm. HBO was always the best channel for good full frontal nudity uh, for me Growing up, that, that's what HBO stood for. That's why you pay extra for it. <laughs> I've been, I've been, I've shout been, I've been, Ben had me watching titties. You know what I'm saying? Like for real, like I would go to school and be like, y'all didn't see that last night. Like, that was amazing. <laughs> but like, it, I agree with you. It's weird now where like, for example, I have a 16 year old daughter and she literally watches YouTube and TikTok like they're television channels. Um, and it's weird. Well, that's like, that's,
5: they're, they're the MTV of today. TikTok mm. and YouTube and Snapchat. Mm. Music
4: driven reality. Only now the users are the stars versus having to exactly. go out and And by the way, percent. you know,
5: that's, you know, I would draw a straight line from the users as the stars to the real world, you know? So when we started the mm. real world on MTV, that was kind of the revelation for us. Like, oh, if we turn the camera on the audience, like they might like that. They like to see themselves. Well, I think that's been borne out pretty well.
2: Talk to me about possibly the best hire or a best decision that you think you made during that period that had a positive outcome.
5: Oh God. What was the <laughs> I mean, you know, John Stewart. So let's start with John Stewart. Two, two two really. Mm-hmm. I would say two there are two decisions yeah. that really well there, there well, there's a couple. Um I'll say three. Uh mm-hmm. the real world. Mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. with uh you know which was sold to me by a guy named John Murray and uh his late great partner Mary else Bunham um mm-hmm. uh John Stewart you know who I actually hired originally at MTV before for the daily show Back when he he's doing extreme um, sports and 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 Matt and Matt and Matt uh Matt Stone and Trey Parker um from South Park South right Park down. um you know Damn. I mean those All
4: are 1.0 iterations that still are going, still going today. Yeah,
5: exactly. Those are I, th- yeah. those are the things I'm certainly proudest of. Those are the things that have certainly endured. There were a lot of things I was really passionate about and I loved that didn't work at all. I always tell people, you know, for every mm. one of my, you know, home runs, there were, you know, you know, I'm like Joey Joey Gallo. Baseball's like Joey Gallo. You know, you're like it's like uh, it's either a home run or a strikeout,
2: <laughs> so and an occasion, occasional walk.
3: What about a show where a show where Roy builds a car in a parking lot? The re, it's right, the re, it's over the, the course of three seasons. Roy it's called M-class.
5: Roy Wood's Garage.
3: <laughs> you build an M class from
0: scratch. Roy Wood's <laughs> Garage. So, Doug, what are you doing now? Do you work? Do you just hang out with Who, your me? Wife? What are you doing?
5: Well, well, yes, well you. as I found out, the podcast takes up a lot of time. So I did the podcast to stay busy. <laughs> so I'm staying busy. Yeah. I booked the whole thing, and you know, I I I, I do paper edits. I do, but uh, I nice. do I do like some consulting, some advising, some board work, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know, just stay busy. Okay.
4: I love it, love it, man. All right, well, Doug. Well, thank you, brother. Boys,
5: great to see you. Great to meet all of you. This was super fun.
3: Yeah, it was great to meet you too, man. I'm serious about this reboot of Homeboys in Outer Space. I'm willing to go with your original title of
5: Unidentified Flying Octaroons.
4: Doug, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's
5: not it's not as it's not as bad. It's not as bad as I made it sound, but I'm also not willing to risk it in twenty twenty two. That's all I'm saying.
2: Rod and I both, Rod and I both have absolutely taken this name and cutting you out of it completely. You can just give it to us on the low. Hit us in the DM. And we will make this shit. You can be a shadow look, well, investor, homie. I'm all look, for it. Look, I think
5: that's fun. We, 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 we can talk about that, but I'm more interested in Roy building a car off his credit card. I think that's a great idea. Maybe even a movie. <laughs> <laughs>
3: no, you don't understand how outla- how outlandish this idea to build a car was, man. Like, <laughs> Roy, listen. I don't know why you feel like that's listen, a Roy, bad was idea. working. 18, Roy was working at a Golden Corral. <laughs> That's a buffet. He was a waiter at a buffet. Maybe he didn't have the skills to bring a plate of food to somebody, and he was going to build a Mercedes M-class from scratch. He had never brought a motherfucker a plate of fish.
1: <laughs>
4: I don't. Why can't I learn that? Ryan? I was gonna say, it's why a, can't I learn? He was that as he
5: was just a young guy with a dream. You know you can't. You know you don't want to. He knows now.
4: He, knows now. he is so Hey, look, tickled. the Cubs won the World Series. Anything is possible.
5: Right? That's
4: why I didn't want you talking just now before we ended, because I knew Rob was going to jump on my ass again. I was trying to hurry up and end of the show. That's the show, Worst Job Fair. It's a product of Viacom, and Paramount, and South Park, and Princeton Productions. It was a good show up until the end. It was good. It was, it was doing good. It was, it, was it, fun, was it was fun to be here. here. It's a solid idea. If you get a socket wrench and you order the parts, you can put it together.
1: Let's go. The fuck, <laughs> man.
4: This has been a Comedy Central podcast.
1: This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors
5: is here for the ride. With Simelbo Grease,